everybody. It has been longer than I wanted since my last episode, but I am back and I would like to welcome you back to the studio. My name is Danny Grant. I am an artist, a drawing and painting instructor, and this podcast is the place where I interview and talk shop with other professional artists and we get an inside glimpse into their daily lives as professional artists. On this episode, I got a chance to catch up with my good buddy, artist Todd Casey. Todd has some exciting things going on in his career, and um, Todd's just always been a real go-getter and a real hustler in the best sense of that word, and it's starting to pay off. Um, He's really creating the life that he wants, and... That is what it's all about. So uh, I hope you enjoy my chat with Todd Casey. Todd, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me back, Danny. So uh, it's been, gosh, it's been almost a year since the first time you were on the show. Um, So let's just kind of, uh, let's catch up with Todd. Um, I know one big thing that's recently happened for you is that you quit your job, your full-time job at Polo. So um, just tell us about uh, why you decided to leave Polo and, and what's what's going on now. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of it is tied into my show that I have, um, which is the spring. Okay. And I mean, obviously, I, I never wanted a career. Uh, at Polo, um, right. Polo kind of provided that that job where I had been I had been doing it, and I'd always taken classes in graphic design, and um, it kind of just provided stability for me. Yeah. So it it made it so I could like buy my house, and um, just know where money was going to come from until I finished my training and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it always worked uh, in that sense. So. I never wanted to stay there. Um, I got to the point where I, I had enough. <laughs> Corporate yeah. world, I think, is just not for me. And uh, and I, it's funny because I swore it off the first time I left. Um, <laughs> I had left there in 2005 and yeah. went to grad school. And I, I swore I'd never go back. But I did go back in 2006 just to say hi to an old art director. And... Um, and then I went back and and I freelanced kind of every year since. So yeah. I'm I'm grateful for the job they they provided wow. um, a lot of stability for me. But it's time for me to to move on and be a professional artist now, full time. That's awesome, so. man. So let's talk about um, well, let's talk about kind of I, I guess the thing that maybe um, allowed you to do that or maybe gave you the confidence to kind of to jump out of there. <laughs> um, the fact that you're doing so well at Ray's gallery is that, I mean, that was that, did that help you to kind of make the leap? I would yeah, assume. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think everything's like, I'm always never thinking of just one thing that happened. Um, I always think of like the symbiotic symbiotic idea where like many different things are happening at once. And Ray's is a big part of that. I mean, they've, um, they sold for really well for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I got that show coming up. And, um, I, you know, it's time to focus for me on, on just painting for that show. And then from there is where I feel I can, I can catapult myself into the art world and do a lot more where I've, there's a lot of times I've said no to shows, um, in the last like year or two, or even like approaching another gallery or working with another gallery just because I can't produce enough forays. Because uh, they always are wanting more, um, so now it'll it'll open the door for me mm-hmm. to diversify a little bit. You know, one of the one of the things that did, yeah, I know you had asked what are some of the events that led up to me kind of leaving. Yeah, was um, you know, <laughs> I met my wife there at Polo, um, but being a corporate environment, they they had laid her off, um, in about a year and a half, two years ago now. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just kind of that, like, maybe you're, maybe I was in it and I was doing it, and I didn't think it was also bad. And then the corporate world just 
hung its ugly little head out again and and said, "Nope, we don't, we don't, we don't care about anybody." And uh, it made me just kind of rethink everything. So I think that was a big part of the event, uh, one of the events that kind of led up to it. Yeah. Um, so you were mad at them. You were bitter, Apollo. I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm bitter. I would yeah. say like they they reminded me why I didn't ever want to be there in the first place in, in that sense, you know? Yeah. So like there was a, there was a bit of comfort in a everyday job and knowing that you're going to get a paycheck and then you get a 401k and you get your health benefits and stuff. But then, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's I don't feel like, like you're um, on that journey, you know? Yeah. Well, you can definitely call, I mean, call into the comfort. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, steady paycheck, Nice paycheck. I mean, <laughs> of course, yeah. All, and it depends all of on that's your really as well. Right, right. So, right. so it, it's kind of like my wife got laid off. They gave her a package. She ended up getting a job. Um, she got paid twice because she was still receiving the package, and then went to the other job. Oh, nice. And then it kind of like opened it up because now she's in a she's in a much better place now. Mm-hmm. So she's in like her dream job. And when that happened, it kind of open up this idea that like, wow, you're in a way better place. I never wanted to stay there. Yeah. We were doing the commute together because we live an hour north and it was like, you know, an hour and a half at least door to door and three and a half, three and a half hours like each day. And then once they kind of, kind of tore her yeah. out of us doing it together, I was kind of like, well, I don't want to go to the city by myself, sit yeah. on a train, you know? Yeah. But again, these are all things that I think led up to the idea that I never wanted to do it. I right. think I did it with her. Right. But yeah, so now I'm just painting. So. so really they did you guys a favor. I think they did me a favor, honestly. <laughs> well, I mean, I, like I'm saying that kind of joking, but really it's like sometimes you need to just almost get kind of forced out of those situations because it's so it's just so easy. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard to jump out of something that's that's so easy like that, um, especially Definitely. to jump into something like being a full time artist, which is um, the opposite of easy and <laughs> the opposite of comfortable. Yeah, uh, well, exactly. It's yeah. that's that's kind of like why I did that, too. I was like, this provides me the ability to buy a house and settle in. We just got married. Yeah. But, you know, I remember just going on other interviews because I started to kind of. There's a great quote by Joseph Campbell, and he says, "You find in the you know one of the things in in the corporate world is that you climb this ladder only to get to the top and realize you've you've scaled the wrong wall." I mean, mm. and I, I kind of always thought of that like right. I could build that and do that thing in right. which my boss was fantastic, Polo, one of my best bosses I've ever had in any job, and he always said like you know we want we we love you, we want to build you into a bigger role and then you like kind of start to think of it and you're like i don't really want a bigger role right you know and then what's going to happen if they they offer me so much money that i have to go like that would be insane to say no to now and then Mm -hmm. i'm stuck there yep and they're always like i never i was offered more money to go to other places and i never took it because i didn't want to fall down that like you know knowing how mankind is I didn't want to be enticed by that, so I didn't let it entice me. And then when it was time to finally go, where all these little stars aligned, yeah, um, I feel like perfect timing now. Yeah. And then I started to like, kind of hate it at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, cool. Well, congratulations on that. Um, that's a huge Thanks. deal. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about. Well, okay. So now you've quit you're not going to polo every day. So what does your day look like now? Let's talk about your, I always like to talk about um, other artists daily schedules. So what does your sure. basic daily schedule look like now? Yeah, actually I'll segue into that with a little story from, right. uh, from post polo. So what I did with polo is I went to them and said, I wanted to be there three days a week and work part time Yeah, and then go into, because I had to paint for my show. And then we tried that out and it, felt like this messy divorce you know (laughs) where like i'd go in three days and then everybody wanted more from me and then i'd leave at six and then they'd be like why'd you leave at six so 
I ended up just quitting. How long did they want I, you to stay? Corporate world, man. I mean, they want the job done, and then they always uh, preach. They always preach ideas of you know, oh, we want you to have a family and a life, but uh, but we need to get this out. At, but we want you to leave at six. But uh, but this needs to be done by tomorrow. And you know, and it's like this total conflicting I- ideology of yeah, saying two different things, but but meaning just get the job done. Right. Yeah. Right. So what happened was the messy divorce, uh, it got to a point where like I got in this kind of little altercation with somebody and then my boss was like, he had to come in and be like trying to find out what's going on. And I was like, <laughs> I was kind of like, dude, you don't, you don't want this. I yeah, don't want this. Yeah. I don't want negativity. So then, uh, you know, I did my three days that week and then Friday I emailed him and said, I'm giving my two weeks, man. I, I, you don't want this. I don't want this. I don't need negativity in, in my life. And uh, it's kind of the best thing that happened for me, too. So yeah. since then, I still get into a routine. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I wake up when my wife leaves at like 7.30, um, force myself to just, you know, make some tea, um, hit the computer, answer emails, catch up on things, kind of plan my day. Yeah, but I also do some some freelance work as well, um, doing graphic design. Okay, so, what kind of for what kind of companies or what kind of what kind of graphic design? Uh, anything really. Just you know, and I was, the thing with when I was at Polo and I was painting as well is I've always done like fifteen million things. So yeah, um, I always think I'm I'm gonna have more time, but I don't. Know, it doesn't always end up that way. But so right now I, I teach online for the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. Okay. I do graphic design um, freelance work for sometimes for Rays because they need uh, they need work for their catalogs and graphic oh, design. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and they're fantastic. Um, and then also there's another t-shirt company I work with up in Cape Cod who needs like a whole year's worth of t-shirts. So wow, kind of like. A lot of little projects always going. The teaching is something consistent I have to do every day. And uh, the the online for the Academy of Art, you do that every day. Yeah, every day you're supposed to log in. Well, not every day. You're supposed to do five hours a week. Yeah, uh, that's what they say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'd say it's a lot more, but uh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a teacher, yeah, you don't just. You don't go, oh, nine o'clock, time to go home. See you guys. Yeah. Well, I did something. Yeah. I have a student, uh, private student right now, and we couldn't meet this weekend. And so uh, we were doing it uh, over email. And, um, you know, I was trying, I was doing a critique in Photoshop and I thought it was going to take me, you know, 20 minutes or something. I, I ended up spending like two and a half hours on that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you're trying to do like overlays and call things yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, so we do that. Um, y- you get better at, at it the more and more you do it. They have an interface that makes allows you to kind of draw over the top, and then mm-hmm. you can do audio recording, cool. you can do video recording. Um, but a lot of what I do for that is I'm critiquing the students. But uh, yeah, and I also have a private student who comes once a week, uh, twice a week. Nice. Yeah. Comes to your studio at home. Yep. I taught a workshop and she uh, she had a great time in my workshop and then she lives pretty close so she said can I uh, can I come come to your studio and study privately I said sure cool yeah thank God I have enough space in my studio cause... yeah we should I you know I think I've, I've <clears throat> kind of gotten away from from this a little bit but that used to be a, a standard question um, so what's What's your studio like? It's in your house? Is it it's just like a, a spare bedroom in your house? or? Yeah. So I think I touched on this last time, too. We bought a we yeah. bought an old 1867 farmhouse. Right, right. We have a three-bedroom. And uh, one, of the, one of the three bedrooms is just uh, my painting studio. Mm-hmm. So I always have like four still life setups in it going on at one time. Oh, nice. Um, some, it depends, though, because if I'm doing a big still life it'll um it'll shrink down to like two but right. i'm always trying to have a setup for that those quicker ones that i do mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, i'm always smart. thinking about a big one yeah 
Yeah, because when I do the big ones, I want to do the small ones. When I do the small ones, I want to do a big one. Right, so right. Kinda makes it so whatever hat I want to wear that day, mm-hmm. I can wear it. Um, well, that's cool. So you got uh, how much? How much space do you think you could have for for students in there? Is it basically you got room for one? I'd say max. I would have two. Yeah. Um, you know, I also teach in the area at a uh, at an art center around here. So. Um, and I also teach a private group of students once a month in um, in their studio, cool. which is good because then I can leave it and then go home and yeah. I don't have to worry about stuff being set up, you know, because yeah. still life, you and I both pay from life. So a lot yeah. of the things are found objects and you don't want to, you want to leave them up. Right. So um, I'd say two is the max, yeah. although, um, you know. You paint differently when you have a student with you. <laughs> yeah, how do you? Um, what are what are your sessions like? Because uh, I've always I do, had I a hard three. time figuring out. Um, What's the best one? Yeah, like well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So, what what kind of things do you have uh, her doing, and then and then how do you? What do you do when she comes in? Like, do you guys just sort of sit next to each other and paint, or? Pretty much, you know. I mine's always like I don't want to make it seem like some business transaction. Um, I never accept a student on that basis that like I don't care about you and I just want your money. It's always like, you know, who are you? Why do you want to study with me? It's not exactly like a, you know, Jacob getting into the atelier, right? Uh, but in a sense, it's still like making sure that they want to be painting with you and what's your intentions um so really what what they do is they they come over because uh, i've had a couple private students yeah. and uh i don't take a lot of students all that much but they she comes over once uh twice a week she tries to do back-to-back days so we can kind of work on a good amount of time together and not yeah. like have too much time in between and then i just make coffee and we just you know chat for a good like 30 minutes and then uh and then we just ease into all right let's go work in the studio and again i i always say like three hours is my private time for a student yeah but it always ends up being like four or four and a half or five or wow you know if they're doing good you want to push them along you don't want to be like oh time's up it's one o'clock yeah go home well, yeah and that's i that's the thing that i've always kind of um, struggled to kind of figure out with a private student is like, yeah, I mean, you need that kind of time. You need like three, four or five hours, right? Or they, or they need that time to, to work. Um, and um, I guess I've, I've always found that like, I'd rather them, what I've done is just have, have the meetings be like critique, basically critique and uh, demo time so that, and then have them set up whatever they're working on at home so that they've got just, you know, unlimited time, whatever from, from week to week when we meet, you know? Yeah. Um, although that's, that's the thing that I've kind of gone back and forth with in my head is that like, you know, but it's so valuable, valuable for them to be sitting there next to you working so that you can see how they're working. That's the only thing that I struggle with is I can't really see how they're working yeah 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 it's tough man i mean especially if they're coming to your studio because they don't have a level of comfort because they're it's not their ritual of what they're doing right Right. um i mean i'd recommend if you could to go to their studio and if not like i have one one of those four spots open for her to come and leave her stuff and then i just say leave it and try to get as comfortable as you can yeah and then hopefully you want to watch me paint too because, you know, there's two different two different ways. There's like reading books and manuals and stuff. I mean, there's more than two different ways. But then there's also just watching someone paint. And mm-hmm. as artists, I think I love to watch other artists work too and just in, well, interesting yeah. choices. Yeah, right. It, yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, that's, you know, Scott Waddell, that's kind of, I think, 
probably one of the best parts about his videos is the fact that he's explaining his thought process the whole time. And really that's yeah. the most important thing I think is, is when you're learning from somebody is to know what they're thinking. Um, and it's, it's, you know, obviously it's helpful to watch how they do it also, but I think that's the component that's missing a lot of times in a lot of videos and a lot of instruction is just the, um, hearing the artist talk about what they're thinking about as they're doing yeah. things. And so, yeah. Why do this? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what thing am I, what problem am I trying to solve right now and how am I going about doing it? You know, yeah. I think Scott and Doug are both amazing when it comes to those, that as teachers and also, yeah. you know, and those videos are just fantastic. So yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So let's talk about, well, let's talk about your show. So you mentioned that you got a show. Um, it's a two man show, right? Yeah. So, uh, I was, I've been working on Howard for a year and a half now. I came to him with this big, crazy idea. Cause, um, you know, I, I did, I do big paintings and I do small paintings and I do medium paintings, <laughs> but there's a, <laughs> there's a difference between them. Um, those little guys were always like, a, a extension of the poster studies that we did at grand central mm -hmm. or water street or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where it was kind of like big major plan changes. Uh, you're, you're painting the picture. Um, and you know, that bigger, the bigger ones take a lot more time where it's harder to think about the whole picture. Um, so I went to Howard with this right when I got into his gallery with this little drink painting and he loved all my big stuff. And then I said, Oh, I get these little guys too. Yeah. It was a, it was my favorite drink. It was a sidecar. And I, I said, uh, would you be interested in selling this one too? And he said, yeah, why not give it a shot? So within like within a day, he, um, actually that day later on, I went on the website just to like be excited to finally be like, Oh, did they put my name up yet? Oh, <laughs> did they put my bio up? Yeah. You, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I went on and it was like, I saw that there was already a painting that said sold on it. So I emailed them and I, I was like, I think you guys maybe hit the wrong button. Like <laughs> one of the paintings said sold already. And, uh, they, and, uh, Lance responded and uh, Lance is Howard's son. Mm -hmm. And he was like, um, no, sometimes that just happens. So they had like had the painting for a day, e did an email blast. And I, oh, nice. that was like my, my, my second painting because Howard bought one. Uh, right when I started the gallery, but oh, um, cool. but then I was like, oh, that's great because I love these little paintings. Because the big ones take so long, I can pump yeah. out the little ones. You know, right. you know how it is. It's like you do a big monster painting, and then you look and you're like, oh, it took me two months to do that. That's great. Yeah. But the idea with that was like I could do these little ones quick, but I could also do the big ones. And if there's a market for both, win-win. Uh, yep, absolutely. So, Went to Howard with that idea and said, um, I want to do 100 drink paintings. All different drink paintings. <laughs> you know? uh, such a businessman, right? <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, ah, you know, it's too early. Can't, I'm not going to give you a show yet, but, you know, keep doing them. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So over, over the last year and a half, they've been, they've been selling a lot. And um, when it came to a show, he was like, ah, oh, we, we want to pair you with somebody so uh, he paired me with David Palumbo, who is a illustrator painter, oh, and cool. um, he does he does these little paintings kind of the same size I do, of like almost like Gil Elvgren nudes. Uh -huh. They're like half nude, but they're kind of like erotic, like a little Playboy y, uh -huh. but not Pin totally. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So they came up with the idea that maybe we do a show called Skin and Tonic. You know, skin on his part, tonic on my side. Uh-huh. Cool. And, uh, yeah, so we got the show in May, and and I'm uh, I'm cranking away, but he keeps selling some of the paintings that I give him for the oh, show. Oh, man, so that's awesome. I it's mean, a fantastic that, that, problem to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it keeps you kind of churning on the old hamster wheel, I guess, but uh, nice to have those yeah. checks coming in, huh? Well, I can't complain if yeah. I'm selling paintings. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. So how many paintings are you planning on having in the show? Um, I'm thinking, so right now I have 20 already. 
But again, nice. when I say twenty, it's I do six by six by eights or eight by six paintings. Yeah. There's also some nine by twelves. Um, I want to do some bigger ones. I'm hoping for like forty right now. Wow, uh, it's ambitious. But so, will the bigger ones be drink paintings also? Yeah, okay. I may do a I may do a crossover painting where I may do a nude with a painting or something uh, with a drink. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking more like burlesque though. Yeah. So right. I don't know. I don't want to have this like one anomaly that doesn't fit in the show. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to like. We'll see if I have the time and if I can execute it well, and it fits in the show. I may do it, uh, or I'll probably do it and then see if it fits. But if not, no big deal. I probably show it somewhere else or show it in the gallery. Yeah. So how many? How? What would you say on average? Um, <clears throat> so these are six by nines. How long does it take you to do these paintings? Most six by. Are... Yeah, six by eight. Six by eight. They, sorry. They take. Um, hard to say, man. I mean, you know, if I did like a, a quick cocktail painting, right? Yeah. Um, if it doesn't have a label in it, I could yeah. probably crank it out in five or six hours. Okay. If it has a label in it which I've done a bunch lately, it t- terribly slows me down. Yeah. So that, those are like 15, 20-hour paintings, and that's like a 6 by 8 painting. Yeah. But it's also why I try to avoid doing labels. I know. Because then once you do it, it's like, oh, man, uh, I can't just do the impression of it. I got to... I Yeah, that's the thing I always run into is like um, I have this idea that I can... I can just sort of do kind of a shorthand with it, you know? Yeah. But then, um, I, I can never let it go with that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you just look at it and you go, ah, that's just not good enough. You know? Yeah. Ah, everyone's going to call me out on this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you end up spending like 40 hours just on like one dinky label on a six by eight. Right. <laughs> well, but, like, a, yeah. Yeah, but that's what's been happening. So yeah. I have a couple of commissions I have to do to to get out the door. I got like nice. two Johnny Walker Blue Label paintings I got to do. Are these people and, that are uh, coming through the gallery for commissions? Yeah, yeah. And then I got another one for um, we're getting sponsored now by a, a vodka company called Perfect Vodka. Who's getting show. sponsored? Oh, the show uh, is? We are, yeah, the show. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So how does that work? What do they do? Are they they're putting up money for advertising or what? I think they're they're did, yeah. So I'm I got to do a painting of the vodka. Uh-huh. I think I think hopefully your podcast comes out in a couple weeks after they get it, and they're not like listening to your podcast, and they'll be surprised. Um, oh, but I think it's for the CEO, and then from there, he's getting it. Like one of the guys is the commissions for the CEO. Yeah, the commissions for the okay. CEO from one of the. Um, one of the guys, one of the partial owners, but then okay. he's gonna send a bartender for our show to probably promote his vodka. Okay. And then they also own like a an app, so they're gonna do like I don't know some blast that's like a party going on or something. I don't know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's exciting that like so people that follow them could show up at the at the at the opening. Yeah, they're trying to make it like an event, so it's more of cool. not just not just paintings and stuff, but like get people who are interested in their vodka to maybe come by and hopefully somebody buys a painting. And are they going to yeah. be pouring their vodka for free? I think so. I yes. have. If you're asking if you'll be able to taste it, Danny, just come <laughs> to my house because I have like <laughs> the biggest monster bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah? They gave you some? And I have like one of every size of theirs. Yeah. Dude, nice. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's, that's awesome. uh, the show is in the works. Um, cool. we're, we're at the point where like I can't even believe it, like five months away now. But we're we're getting all this fun advertising, and we yeah. have ideas for possible little spot commercials on Instagram and stuff. So oh, we'll cool. see how it all pans out. So I saw some of the 
um, the drink coasters that you designed. Is that? Oh, yeah. Are drink you coaster. like? Was that just a design, or are you guys making those? Yeah. So I designed those. Um, yeah. Those were just, you know, Dave and I got together and we kind of had a big uh, brainstorming session, which is a lot of fun, I think. Of just kind of like throw your wackiest ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then we'll scale those back. You know, kind of like any any good advertising or creative environment. Yeah. And you're um, really like you're really grabbing the uh, reins here on the on promoting this show, right? That's cool. Yeah, you know that's one of the great things about the galleries that they're open to. You know, they want you to do what you want with your art career, but they also want to be a part of it too. So it's an open dialogue. It's not just me going and telling them what's going to happen. I'm kind of like, Hey, the four, the, well, me, Howard, Lance, Amy, Alyssa, and David are the ones who are coming together to mm-hmm. think this whole thing through. And cause we know that Howard's going to do his advertising and American art collector, fine art connoisseur mm-hmm. um, for a couple months. Cool. We know that he's going to do his mailing list. What other things outside of the box? And I'm always like, just, you know, everything crazy. Like, wh- how about an airplane with a banner behind it? Okay, that's stupid, <laughs> right? How about a bus wrap? Okay, that's crazy. Well, how about some beer coasters? And then we just go around Manhattan to different bars and hand them out to people. Yeah. You may just bring in bar flies to your show. <laughs> but uh. you may also make it a little more interesting and yeah. bring in a different crowd. Yeah, it's going to be uh it's going to be a rowdy crowd, Todd. You're going to have all these uh all these the bruisers from bars and then all these vodka people there. I know, I know. And that they said something like <laughs> it's going she's and the then all bartender the that are there for like the free wine. Yeah, pretty I bet. Well, most <laughs> most people go to art shows or artists anyway, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um they also said that, like, I think she's going to be, like, painted. I don't even know if that means she's naked or something and she's body Who? painted. I don't I don't even know. Who? The bartender. Oh, the bar? bartender. Oh, really? The vodka yeah, bartender? Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Hey, man, you get to fly up from Austin for this. <laughs> I want to. I, re- I actually really, really want to. Um, my... Um, my wife cashed my my New York change jar fund the other day. There's like a hundred and something oh. bucks in there, so oh, no. it's it's a start. Sell a painting, man. <laughs> <laughs> Crank out the small ones. I told her I wanted to go to New York like last year or something. She said, "Look, this this bottle here, we're gonna put change in there, and that's how you're gonna go to New York." <laughs> So wait, said, but she cashed okay, it in. Okay, honey. And... I get... Well, she yeah. She buy Christmas presents? No, 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 no. She just she just got. She just got the cash, so now there's, you know, not a big jar of change hanging out there. It's converted into cash, but it's still earmarked for New York. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> put, put skin and tonic on that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is I want some of those coasters because they look really cool. Yeah. Uh, May 4th is the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you a bunch because that's the first thing we're going to do is get those printed. Um, I've already talked to like local wine stores around here and restaurants. Everybody wants them. So really cool. Yeah. Just mass, mass production and send them out, bring them around and I'll send you some in the mail. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some Texans up here. You might, I might be one. Cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well that's that's exciting, man. I'm I'm happy for you that that's happening, and I'm hoping that I can be there for that. Um, so I saw recently that you won an award from the Portrait Society for one of your larger still lifes. So um, tell us about that. Yeah, I uh, they have a online members uh, only show in which you can submit. Um, any of the work I think you did in the last year or two. Uh-huh. And uh, last year I put in my big Union Jack, The Great Escape painting, and won first place. Nice. So I figured, why not try again, that's right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I did it again. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that you did it. Th- this was the second time in a row you won first place, right? 
Yeah, that's I was, crazy. I was actually more shocked that I uh, won twice than uh, than winning. So, but very happy that I won. Um, and and very, especially being the Portrait Society of America, very prestigious. Right. So, the story with that painting, though. So I was doing that painting, and Howard had been talking about, oh, we need another big painting from you, because I've been giving him all this tiny stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, we need the big stuff, because we, you know, our clients like a lot of different things. So I said, all right, fine. And I kept putting off. I had this idea for this painting, and a lot of my paintings take a long time to put together, where I'll buy a piece of it, and then I'll think about it, and then I'll buy right. another piece, yeah. see, see if those things fit together and if they don't fit together i'm not going to paint it so what happened with that was i put the painting together wasn't totally sold on it because i felt more like deadline driven now which that's one of the reasons why i hate deadlines yeah because you're forced to make a decision that would feel maybe a little unnatural right so i ended up like putting in a couple of things on the left and the right that aren't in that painting um and i started painting it actually before I started painting it, I decided I was talking to a friend and he said, oh, why don't you why don't you try doing one of the big ones on panel because you do your little small ones on panel. I do my big ones on linen. Why don't I try to do the big one on panel? So I said, that's a great idea. Um, Just to, so that maybe the the style is more consistent. Yeah. Or what? Yeah. To kind of like because I, I almost like go a la prima for it. Sometimes I'll do a, a underdrawing, but it's not tight. Yeah. So what I actually decided to do was I had a couple beers, which is the <laughs> first bad part of this. I had a couple beers. My wife was away that night, and I decided I'm going to stretch it in my living room, right? Uh-huh. So I bought these stretcher bars, and I couldn't find good stretcher bars, so I bought, I think they were like quarter inch. You know, the like crappy ones you buy at any, like Michaels would carry? Yeah. So this painting is like 36 by 28. So what happened when I put that stretcher together, it didn't have a crossbar. Uh-huh. And it started, it was like you could see it just moving. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stretch the linen. It'll be fine, right? Yeah. So I stretched the linen on it. And then it's like when the corner just bow, right? Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I was like, what am I going to do now? So grab a couple more beers, try to think of something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I remember I cut those panels. I'm just going to grab some glue and just glue it to it. So I put a drop cloth down. And again, I'm, you know, a bunch of beers in now. So this sounds like a fantastic idea. Wait, but you have, you were, what size were you stretching? It was a 36 by 28. So you were going to so glue that to a, you have a 36 by 28 panel? I had a panel, yeah, because I have a table saw in the basement that I oh, cut okay. my panel right. So I had the panel from my buddy who had said maybe you should do it on a panel. Yeah. But I was too chicken to do it. So now I was like, well, screw it. Uh, if I'm going to go forward with this painting and hit my deadline. Yeah. I got to like take it off this wacky stretcher, which is a piece of crap. I'll just adhere it to the panel yeah. and then just glue it down. Right. right. Which I had never done before. <laughs> but I did have, I think it's like PVA glue, which is kind of like a wood glue. But it's a, um, um, a pH balanced one. Do you yeah. know PVA glue? I've, like I've those... heard of it. I haven't used it, but the PVA sizing, is that what it's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I bought it at, um, uh, what's the art store in New York? They just closed. You know Central? the one. Yeah. Central. I bought it at Central. Yeah. They, they always have like 15 versions of it. So I ended up like putting all kinds of monstrous amounts of glue on it, right? Tablecloth down, uh, not tablecloth, um, drop cloth, painting cloth. Doing it in my living room, watching like probably the Red Sox or something, like I always do. Right? I'm like five beers deep at this point. I glue it down, and I'm like freaking Eureka! I don't know why I don't do this more often. This freaking is Eureka! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicked Eureka, <laughs> my Boston. But the thing is, the the panel board that I was doing it on was like, I'd say like a maybe a fourth or an eighth inch thick. That's what I normally paint with on tiny things. What kind of what kind of what kind of wood is this? It's just um yucca board or hardboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is like a, a big sheet that you get at Home Depot. Right. I always go to Home Depot cuz you can get like a 4 foot by 3 foot for 10 bucks. Mhm. Or you can go to the art store and buy a 9 by 12 for 15, you know. Yeah. So, if you cut it, you'll right. save a lot of money. 
same reason why we like buy linen by the yard. Right. So this was like Clawson's 13 or 11, and a really nice canvas, right? Glued down now. I was like, sweet, man. Took care of that. <laughs> like, start to transfer the drawing over. I start tackling the painting. Something just feels off. And about a month, a month into the painting, I, we had we had some friends over. And I was showing them the painting, and they're like, looks great. Can't wait to see it. There's a lot of color in it because there's the big Irish flag in the background. Yeah. And as I shut the light off in my studio, it was daytime, and I paint at night a lot. I finally noticed on the surface of the linen, there were bubbles in it. Uh, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but they were like right in the middle of it. Oh. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, man, what do I do? So I ended up, um, I ended up thinking about it saying like, well, oh, there's Giorgio Hanlon online. Yeah. Kramer Pigments, right? Mm-hmm. He knows everything and probably how to fix something. So quickly I went onto Facebook and was like, oh, crap. I got these like bubbles in my, on my surface of my linen in between the wood. What do I do? And... You know, it was like a message to him because I didn't want to like put it on a forum or something that I was I was stupid. (laughs) So the first thing he says is, can you put it on the forum so everybody can respond? (laughs) I was like, oh, man. All right, fine. (laughs) Now, so I posted on the forum and I'm just thinking like, man, I'm so far behind on this painting now. I got to get it going. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So put it up there. People start like leaving their like what to do. Uh Uh-huh. They were the most like wacky and bizarre <laughs> things. People were like, grab a pin, you know, and like pop the bubble. <laughs> like really, really random stuff that I was like, that does not sound professional. Pop right? the bubble. That's good. Yeah. And, and we're talking about like, once this thing is said and done, man, this painting's probably going to go for like $15,000. And yeah. someone's telling me to like pop the bubble and like <laughs> glue it back down. So like I was like I don't know what to do. So I ended up calling up my buddy who loves Giorgio Hanlon and like listened to all the podcasts and stuff that he does. Yeah. And has taken a, his workshop. Roddy Davis, my buddy, and uh, uh, he went to the Wachula School. Yeah. So he's the one who like said you should just do it on a panel anyway. <laughs> um, so he had said, well, you know what you could do is if you got uh, if you if you got a good towel and put it down you could iron on top of it mm. and you would you would probably be able to reactivate the glue and then pull it off and i thought wow that that sounds slightly sane it's better yeah. than like popping it with a pin right yeah so being me i was like all right give it a shot right and i just like break out the iron in front of my wife and i'm like i'm gonna freaking iron my painting <laughs> and i start like ironing the thing and it actually was working. Um, but what wasn't working and what didn't work was the idea that this canvas was so large that yeah. once I was starting to get pieces up, I was really like stretching it from uh, the, the way outside part. Yeah. And at a certain point, I just had to say, like, what am I doing? Like, I can either try to like fix this thing and, and sell for a lot of money or I can just start over mm. and. I ended up just starting over. Yeah. Uh, All that, man. Yeah. So there's a second version of that painting sitting up in my studio. And it's got all these wacky little bubbles and stuff in it. And uh, last week I just took it. I took a saw and I cut the thing in half. So I'm probably going to finish. I think I can fix the bottom half of it. Wait a minute. You took a saw to it. So what's left of it now? I basically cut the whole top half of the painting off, and now it's just like. All right, so you're just making a painting out of, out of the yeah. lower half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I would. All right. I think it's like I wouldn't want to sell the same painting twice. Yeah. So this way, I can change it up and do. Oh, I can cool. Salvage that part of it. All right, you're gonna add some. So you're adding some other elements, or. Yeah, I think I'm gonna probably take the boat out and make it more about all the elements on the resting on the. On the lower half. Cool. Which is like, it's always like a, a diptych or something. It's almost like two different paintings. Yeah. 
like the bottom half of my painting is one thing and then the whole thing is a painting something else right it's like like a wacky Hieronymus Bosch where you see it <laughs> and then you get in there and you're like what is that yeah not not as crazy but oh, moral man. of the story is don't drink and stretch don't watch baseball drink and stretch at the same time but those are like yeah. the three things that i want to be doing like in the studio maybe not the stretching but i know but the other thing too drinking, is like you know, watching baseball and painting the other thing that howard <laughs> scolded me on for this too because he was totally cool about the deadline he's like don't worry about the deadline it's arbitrary like we want it for these shows mm-hmm. it would just make it easier to be able to put it in these shows that we're going to right yeah so he was like whatever I ended up like driving the thing up to Nantucket for a show in like hundred degree weather. But I I felt like that was what I owed everybody for being a dumbass. <laughs> that was like <laughs> some cosmic penance you had to pay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing that he said, and he he continually says it all the time, is you know invest in good materials. Mm-hmm. So now he he. Um, he recommended that I call Simon Liu, which is a fantastic framer and uh, framer in linen and art supplies in New York City. And they make these awesome like stretcher bars that are like half inch thick. Mm. And they build that middle stretcher bar. So cool. I ended up stretching that the award winning painting now on the, on that. So um, Simon Liu, L-O-U? L-I-U. L-I-U. Yeah, they're really good, man. You can get like a good, I think I got the 36 by 28 for maybe 40, 50 bucks with shipping. Um, quality. Wait, say that again. I, I think I got the stretcher bars, the 36 by 28 for about 40, 50 bucks with, with uh, shipping. Okay. But you know how you go to the art store sometimes and you buy the stretchers and then you put them together and some of them, like one of them's just like, Oh man, how did I buy this thing? Yeah, or it takes forever to get them square because they're not cut quite right. Exactly. So they they cut these for you, and they'll make sure that the the middle brace is. Uh, so is do good. they send it to you like put together as as a as a frame? It fits together perfect, but they send it. You know, they. All right. It's they send it as, in pieces. Yeah, it's in pieces. Okay. You put it together. That would be cool. They would just send it to you, and you just unbox it and get to just. You probably could throw the canvas on it. You probably could. You know, some places do that. Yeah. Um. So, Todd, what are you what are you reading these days, or or watching, or are there are there any books or movies or documentaries or anything that um, you're being inspired by lately? Um. I'm all, you know, obviously Joseph Campbell's always one of my big inspirations. Yeah. Um, but he's not putting out any new books because he passed away like 30 years ago, yeah. <laughs> 25 years ago. Um, yeah. I, I'm into a lot of the the, um, the classics, you know, classics meaning classic fiction, yeah. but also uh, Regenerative Species by Darwin, things like that, mm-hmm. which has kind of opened up and segued into uh, more science and physics these days. So, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I started to get into him, uh, read a couple of his books, Mm -hmm. uh, watched a lot of lectures of his on YouTube and also got into Cosmos, which is fantastic. Cool. But, uh, Michio Kaku is another guy. He's the, um, astrophysicist. I believe that's his title, but he, um, his whole thing was he wanted to solve Einstein's biggest quantum, which was, um, the theory of everything. Mm-hmm. So what? Anyway, he has a great book out. Um, it's called. He has more than one book. It's called um, the Physics of the Unknown, and it's for any sci-fi, Star Wars, or like Star Trek nerd, or I say nerd in an endearing term, <laughs> enthusiast. Sorry. Yeah. Um, check out the book because he goes into like, you know, could a lightsaber actually be like oh, how cool. close are we to? Time travel, um, do the laws of physics go and what do they say about each of these things? And for the most part, all these things, time travel, um, force shields, uh, invisibility cloak, 
he says uh, to a degree that they're likely. So fantastic. Really? Book. He looks at it through the eyes of a physicist. Yeah. And says like why why we why you could do it, not why you can't do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. Sounds crazy, right? Fantastic I, book though. Uh, any any plans for maybe incorporating any of uh, it's I mean it's so hard but like um have you ever been inspired by any any of that stuff to incorporate any of those ideas into your paintings or Absolutely. Absolutely. That's actually yeah. once I'm done with the show cuz the show has been about 2 years about thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um you know and and these drink paintings are less conceptual some of them tend to be a little bit conceptual um sometimes the drink will make it into one of my conceptual bigger paintings right but definitely i'm always um reading a lot and i definitely want to put that science into it and i have ideas already of how that could already fit into my work and then i could kind of ask some questions with it um so yeah they're definitely going to come together they're going to collide Nice. But the other thing I want to do is is get away from just doing still life paintings, which I, I love. Yeah. But as I as I maybe open up and out my career into other galleries, I'd like to possibly get into figurative, maybe even landscape. So then I'm not going to fight um, fight a gallery where maybe I can define myself as different artists in different galleries. Okay. Yeah, Still trying to think idea. about if it's going to work or not, but we'll see. Well, it's one of those things that it's like, I mean, I've I've heard from so many different places, and, and I think it's true. It's just, as an artist, it's like, it's just, it feels unnatural. But, you know, it's that thing where, um, but hey, Todd, you know, you got a lot of traction. You're a still life artist. You should do still lives. People know you as still lives. You got to do still lives. <laughs> you know, and, and you're like, yeah. well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a still life painter. I'm, I'm a painter. I'm an artist, and I'm interested in painting everything. Um, so, like, it's so weird from a business standpoint, or from a kind of getting your career going. Like, it, it makes sense that you do that you kind of stick to a theme and you stick to a, a genre and you stick to, um, you know, you're very consistent and people can, uh, people can identify you by that, by a very consistent body of work. And that makes sense. Um, but at the yeah. same time, you know, I, I think most of us don't, don't go into this going, well, I'm going to go be a still life painter. Or, or even I'm going to go be a landscape painter, you know, I mean, some people do, and, and they're very successful at that. But um, I think most of us want to do a lot of different things. And, and maybe to our detriment, maybe to the detriment of our careers, uh, to a degree, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that, man. I mean, you know, you bring up good points. Uh, but you know, one thing that, I, as you said, a gallery wants I mean, they're business, and they're in business to know yeah. what the quality is of the work that you're going to get. So, so easily I could be um, defined as the painter of cocktails or drinks. And, yeah, and that's you know, not we brought the worst thing time. in the world. Um, no, it's it's totally yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't mind that because it allows me to eat. The thing yeah, is, I mean, right? That's the thing. Yeah. On the <laughs> other aspect, I want to be able to still explore because. Yeah. Cocktail paintings are a there's a small ceiling for it. So where have you talked to? Um, I'm we mentioned your gallery a million times, but I, we should be clear. It's, so it's the Rays Gallery in New York City, Rays Gallery um, yep. owned by Howard Rays and his family, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So have you guys talked about just in terms of what what your future with that gallery is, maybe beyond? Uh, the cocktail paintings. Yeah, I mean, um, they they love they love the the painting cell. Um, bottom line, business. <laughs> right. That's what you want to do. Right, right. Um, bottom line, I love it as a painter because it allows me to paint and then yeah. still just paint. You know, I don't have to go to polo every day now. Um, other than that, they they enjoy the idea that I 
will be inspired and just do things that I want to paint. And I think cool. as long as they're well done, their job is to just get them in front of the right people who are interested in it. Hopefully they overlap. Yeah. You know, so those like those boat paintings, for instance, one yeah. of the things I said to them was, I want to do more boat paintings. And Howard was like, well, we do have some nautical clients, but it's not a big part of it. And I, cause I pitched that as a show after where they're like much more narrative and right. dive in and like tell a lot of stories with them. Yeah. That's um, really cool. Yeah. I, I, I love those paintings. Um, I think he's interested in it, but I think from his client clientele, he doesn't really have it, but that doesn't mean that he's not interested in building it on his side, mm-hmm. you know? So they're interested in just getting beautiful, good paintings from me. And then from there, they, they will do, they'll do their, you know, what they're good at yeah. is just finding somebody to get it. It's just power and numbers i think getting the right person in front of it to go wow yeah I, I love that thing and so he's willing to take what you're doing and and go build a market for it or do what he can to to build a market for it yeah and remember yeah. that's a it's a double-edged sword because then every time he builds his market for you which mm. he wants consistency right that's true then you're yeah. like i built this boat market for you and now you want to paint right whatever you want to paint Right. You know, so I mean, on on one side of the business, you want to maybe do that, but then also explore as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I always thought maybe a, a different gallery where I could try out different things because I have a successful model with the Rays Gallery right now. From both sides of it, they they love working with me, and I love working with them. Mm-hmm. I've been contacted from other galleries to be like, "Hey, we want cocktail paintings." And then I'm like, oh, okay, really? well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. Do you feel a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, do you feel a loyalty towards Ray's with those cocktail paintings? I do feel loyalty to them with those cocktail paintings. The yeah. other part is I don't know how many more I want to paint of them. Right. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I'm not going to give up on it because I love doing them and they're colorful and, they, they make it so I can explore brushwork, uh, mm-hmm. different things that make their way into my bigger stuff. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> explore for the next 20 right. years right. only cocktail paintings. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, to me, I, I do want to make a good amount of money, but I also want to uh, make sure I feed my soul the paintings I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and not like, just do things for money, just do things for soul, because I think one or the other, you're not going to, you're not going to be balanced. You're just going to paint for your soul. And yeah. And then you wouldn't have like made your, made it as a painter while you were living. Well, hopefully your, your soul sells. Not not that you sell your soul, but your soul sells. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I feel like figurative work is tough. Figurative work is what a lot of us want to do, but I think it's one of the hardest things to sell. But yeah. it's also one of the most expensive things to sell. So is that your your basic, um, I guess, plan? Um, is to maybe find a gallery that's that's just for landscape, and then a gallery just for figurative, and then a gallery for still life. Yeah, and and I, I mean, I would I would say to a degree that sounds that sounds right. Um, yeah. Within that, there's more of like, I do want to do space exploration or astronomy-based mm. still life paintings. Yeah, and, and and maybe they may suit a gallery better than one. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Maybe one that's positioned close to or already has a collector base that uh, could jump jump into that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, it's it's smart to think about galleries in that way in their like geographic location for a certain uh subject matter um that kind of what you're thinking so i wonder where where would where would be a good place for space exploration still life paintings i could imagine like florida because um yeah a lot of the uh, the um, nasa centers 
but it almost doesn't matter these days for location. I know a lot of Howard's yeah. uh, clientele, I think, is from Texas. So they fly up every really? couple months. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's easier to it's easier to put something out there and already have a market for it that you're kind of adding it to it and saying, like, hey, Todd does uh, whatever, uh, astronomy paintings or mm-hmm. he's new or you're interested. And then if one's sold, then you'd be like, oh, cool, that's not a bad business plan to keep doing more of these. But bad business plan, I would say, not not that it's all about business, but it depends on if you're trying to live by your art would be to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, some people don't have to. So if you're not the breadwinner or you just don't care and you just want to paint whatever you want to paint, then you could do that. Right. And then there's, I remember like one of my teachers, Bill Mon. at, did you have Bill Mon when you were at the Academy of Art? No, I didn't. So he, he always said like, he had like eight kids or something crazy or six. Oh my gosh. And he was like, I had no time to not, not create work and make a living. Yeah. So he, he just was an illustrator and then he was a successful illustrator quickly mm-hmm. because he had to. So I kind of look at that and go like, yeah, I should just paint. And, uh, at a certain point I may be able to edit out the things in which I want to do, but I'm not going to turn down a commission if it's not entirely something I don't want to do. Right. When it allows me to not have to go into the city and do something I don't want to do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what point of that is like, Oh, okay. So you paint, but oh, but you, you know, whatever you do, you, uh, you're a telemarketer at night. You know, it's like everybody has their their whatever works for them. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm trying to just make it painting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Anything, anything you'd like to uh, say to people before we <laughs> wrap up here? Come check out the show. Yeah. Uh, May 4th. Give us the dates again. May 4th. May 4th. Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to run for. I know that uh, we're in talks with American Art Collector right now, or Howard is, about um, advertising. So you'll see advertising for it. Cool. And you'll see some of these funny beer coasters uh, that will be going around. But uh, yeah, if you're in New York City, come check out the gallery. It's on uh, 5 East 57th Street, 8th floor. They'll have the coasters there, and then uh, you may be able to get a preview of the show because David and I already have – we already have like 50 paintings done for the show wow. between the two of us. Nice. Yeah, man. He, he's a monster, man. He paints so fast. Uh. Um, I thought I painted fast, but he, uh, <laughs> he blows me out of the water. Cool. Um, and you have a newsletter. I know that because I receive it. Um, so how do people get on your <laughs> newsletter – how do uh, newsletter? Yeah. Yeah, you can either just go to my website, click on the newsletter tab, and then okay. sign up that way. Okay. Todd ToddMKC.com. Is that right? Yeah. Um, or Facebook. Facebook, I publish them to Facebook um, every time they come out. Mm-hmm. You do it that way. Um, I don't know how to make Instagram connect to it. or, but. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't tried to do that with my website either. Well, Todd, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me again. It's always fun having you on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Definitely. Bye, Todd. All right. Later, man. Okay. Thanks again to Todd for a great interview. If you can, go see his show with David Palumbo at Ray's Gallery in New York City. It opens on May the 4th, so wear your Star Wars costumes. Todd told me he's going to be Chewbacca, so conversations with him at the opening will be a little bit difficult. Um, But go see the work, drink the free vodka, and have yourself a great time. Um, Music for this episode was brought to you by the rockin' PJ Harvey. Um, and as for this show, please spread the word, tell your friends how much you love it. Um, tell, tell them how much you hate it and rate us 14 stars out of five on iTunes. Um, leave us some nice comments so that the show can be more prominent on iTunes. 
Um, you can also comment on the website or email me at danny at dannygrantfineart.com to share your thoughts about the show. Um, it's always so nice to hear from you guys who are enjoying the show. So thank you and keep it coming and I will do the same. Um, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.